With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Iowa heads to Penn State, a 2.30 kick on Saturday afternoon. My guest today covers Penn State for StateCollege.com. His name is Ben Jones. Ben, thanks for the time today yeah thanks for having me so clearly things have not gone well for Penn State this season you know a questionable overtime loss to Indiana in week one has snowballed into an 0-4 start Uh, for those of us who just see highlights or box scores has this been bad breaks or is there something systemically wrong with this team I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, you know, the Indiana game is what it is. I think you can make an argument for that last play being overturned. But, you know, either way, you end up in overtime. Um, you know, that's not by mistake. I, I think ultimately this has been a Penn State team that has turned the ball over more than it should and more than it has in recent years. It's committed penalties more than it has in recent years. Um, it's had issues in protection and, and, frankly, losing running backs, Journey Brown and Noah Kane. Uh, you know, Journey Brown at the beginning of the year and Noah Kane shortly thereafter once the season started has really hurt Penn State's offensive attack. So I, I think it's been some bad breaks, but at the same time, Penn State has gotten on its own way, hasn't executed well, um, and has really has not been the team that people have been used to seeing uh, over the past few years. Now things did seem to click in the second half against Nebraska. So is there some positive momentum coming into this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the question, you know, today and for the rest of the week is going to be which direction Penn State goes at quarterback, Sean Clifford. He started uh, basically every game last year. He missed one game due to injury against Rutgers. Um, he got yanked in the second quarter because he's just he's really just struggled all year. His confidence isn't there. He's turned it over two straight games. He had a, a strip sack return for a touchdown. You, you really can't be doing that. Um, but I think Will Levis came in and did some good things. He's a strong a uh, big-armed guy, uh, and he, he started to get some confidence You know, once Penn State opened up the passing game in the second half. So they did some good things. They just couldn't win, and I think the question will be, you know, can Penn State's defense um, has given up a, a 75-yard touchdown drive to open the game in three straight games, um, but has played pretty well in the second half. Can it kind of flip that script a little bit? Can Levis move the ball? Um, but at this point, we're just waiting to see. You know, if in fact Will Levis gets that start, but there's no doubt I think Penn State saw a spark and, and some good things in that second half. And you know, when you're 0 and 4, you'll you'll take any good good you know positive momentum you can get. Gauging the fan base, does it seem like people want Will Levis to be the the starter? Um, I think so at this point. I, I mean, I think you know, obviously Penn State won 11 games last year with Sean Clifford, and, and anytime you have a quarterback that that wins you 11 games, are going to feel pretty good about it. But I think. Uh, the fact that he has struggled this year, the fact that Penn State is 0-4, you know, it, it might be different if Penn State had won two or three of these games and, and Clifford had struggled, but they had still won. So I think fans at this point are saying, hey, 
you know, every fan base wants to see the backup quarterback, but at this point, you know, this is probably as good of an argument as you're going to get. Uh, they'll let the other guy get a shot at it. Every fan base starts to question their coach. Uh, when when things get off to a rough start, we dealt with that after an 0-2 start here in Iowa, and that seems to happen every year. At some point, people want Kirk Ferentz fired. Uh, but James Franklin has had a hell of a run with Penn State and, and certainly doesn't th- seem like he's on a hot seat or anything, but h- how is the fan base feeling about James Franklin uh, in this 0-4 start? Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely that group of people that aren't aren't happy with him. I mean, frankly, you know, anytime that you have a team that starts zero and four, there's going to be, you know, people that are unhappy with the coach. I think that you know the, the certain subset of the fan base that that looks at Penn State struggles against Ohio State struggles in some of those more marquee games. They go, yeah, so you've beat everybody you should, but you haven't won some of these big games. Now you're starting zero and four when you have all these issues. Uh, you know, I, I think they look at it as an as an excuse to sort of pile on. Um, but ultimately, you know, like you said, Penn State's had a pretty good run under James Franklin so far. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit more than this, um, you know, to really warm up that seat. But certainly, you know, at some point here, Penn State's got to start winning. When you look at the Hawkeyes, who have, you know, really come alive the last couple of games offensively and then blown out a couple of, not, you know, not great teams in Michigan State and Minnesota, but uh, and, and those losses to, to Northwestern and Purdue maybe don't look quite as bad as they did uh, when they actually happen. When you take a look at this Hawkeye team, what do you see as, as maybe a dangerous thing for Penn State this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that anytime you play Iowa is you you sort of know what you're going to get. You're going to get a good scout defense. You're going to get uh, a physical offensive attack. And I think because of that, you know, this is an area where Penn State, you know, has not tackled well this year. They have not done a good job bringing down the ball carrier. They have not done a good job preventing yak yards. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, the question you get this a lot about what exactly does Penn State have to do to beat, you know, Team X, Y, or Z this weekend, and I think it's really just get out of their own way. I think talent-wise, they've got guys on this team that can, you know, more or less beat anybody in the conference. Certainly this year where it seems like no one in the Big Ten other than Ohio State is very, very good. Um, so I, I think if it's your Penn State, you go into that game knowing uh, that Iowa is going to be Iowa, and that means you've got to show up and be ready to, to be physical, and so far Penn State hasn't always done that. So I think really it's just a, an approach and a, and a physical mentality heading into a game like this that you know you might be better or worse on paper, but you know if you can't tackle and can't win in the trenches, um, it doesn't really matter who's across the field from you. Iowa's offense uh, certainly goes as its running game goes. Uh, this year, Spencer Petras, our, our new starting quarterback, has had a bit of a rough start and certainly didn't look great uh, in the game against Minnesota, but didn't need to as, as the running game really got things going and uh, was able to put up a lot of points. Does that play into what Penn State likes to do defensively, You know, just running the ball? Or you know, I guess, how, how do you see that matchup going? Yeah, I mean, historically, you know, you would take Penn State in a lot of games that were you know, the defense was going to go up against good running back or go up against a, a running attack. But, you know, like I said, Penn State's not tackled well. The absence of, of Micah Parsons on the field, that that All-American, you know, dark horse sort of Heisman guy now waiting for his turn in the NFL, not him, having him out there is really, uh, you know, weakened the linebacking group there. So I, I think the question is going to be, can they tackle? Can they get in the backfield? Um, and again, it's one of those things on paper. They've got plenty of good guys that should be able to do it. They just haven't. Um, but you know, the other hand, of, on the other side of that is, anytime you play a team that's going to run the ball a lot, you know, the clock's going to run. And for Penn State's offense that struggled to put points on the board, um, you know, there are worse things than playing a team that's happy to let the clock run. 
Um, so I, I think it works into their hands a little bit, but at this point, you know, they've played about every kind of team you can play and have lost all of them. So, uh, you know, the perfect answer might be more in what they do than what their opponent does. You know, sometimes rivalries get get lopsided, and this one certainly has. Penn State has now won six in a row. Uh, but us Iowa fans feel like we should have won at least one or two of the past three games, all of which have been very close games and, and good games. In general, does Penn State look at Iowa as a formidable opponent, or after this much success, is this game a game that fans just kind of expect to win? Well, this year, I mean, I think, you know, nobody's expecting anything at right. this point. But, um, you know, I, I think in general – um, you know, Penn State fans, the ones I've talked to, I, I think there's a healthy amount of respect for Iowa and Kirk Ferentz. I think, obviously, you know, I've been to not everywhere in the Big Ten at this point to cover a game, but just about all of them. And, you know, I would put Iowa up there, especially at night with, you know, any any venue in the conference, any difficult place to play in the conference, and really, you know, honestly, the country, I would say so. You know, I don't think anyone looks at Iowa on the schedule if you're a Penn State fan and says, oh, that's going to be easy. Certainly not this year. And certainly, you know, if they're at Kinnick, that, that elevates it all that much more. So I think Penn State is, uh, you know, I suppose this year there wouldn't be fans there. So they, they do the wave by themselves this year. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I think Penn State's very glad to have this one to help. It's been weird to see the stadiums empty or, or, or mostly empty. And, and certainly the case for us here in Iowa with Kinnick Stadium, as you mentioned, uh, you know, without 70,000 fans in there. But I have to imagine seeing an empty Beaver Stadium, one that you're, you know, are used to it rocking with over 100,000 fans, the whiteouts, all of those things. It, how strange has it been this season? To, to kind of see that empty stadium. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't think I really realized it until, um, you know, the national anthem and the alma mater before the game because that's when everybody stands up. And, and you know, that's sort of like the first moment where you kind of realize that everyone's there. You know, the past couple of years when Penn State's played Ohio State or Michigan at home for the whiteout, you know, the stadium has been pretty much full an hour before kick. And then they played Ohio State a couple of weeks ago. And there's some parents of both teams, but there's really just nothing. It, it's just strange. You know, I hope we can get things figured out because, you know, for as good as college football has been this year in terms of the entertainment value, you know, the, the fan experience and having all those people in the stands is really what makes up sports so great. Um, so it, it has definitely been strange to look out there and see just a bunch of empty seats. And, and, and frankly, you know, if they had started 0-4 this year, they might have been empty anyway. But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely been different, that's for sure. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at Ben underscore Jones 88. You can follow his work at statecollege.com and check him out this week as, uh, as we lead up to Iowa Penn State Saturday afternoon. Ben, thank you so much for the time today. I appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, so when we all looked at this game, it was uh, it was a thought at the beginning of the season that this this could be kind of the measuring stick for the Hawkeyes. Not probably not going to be the case as an zero and four Penn State team comes in, but uh, a team that, as Ben alluded to, has a lot of talent, can play with a lot of teams. And if Iowa comes into this lackadaisical or can't get the offense going, if Spencer Petras has a bad day, uh, this is could certainly go in the loss column for the Hawkeyes. Uh, I'm hoping we can get off the Schneid end this six game streak. And uh, and maybe we'll get another classic here on Saturday afternoon.
On Thursday, you can hear myself with Joe Schmuck on the Hawkeye Nation radio show. It airs on KXNO in Des Moines. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, or you can hear it anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. It is uh, 7 o'clock Thursday night. We will talk with John Miller and Joe Hugan, uh, have another guest. We'll give predictions, and uh, we'll, we'll have a good time with that. If you missed that show live, it will be in your podcast feed here on HawkeyeNation.com. Also got articles and everything covered, uh, not just football, men's basketball getting going. Uh, A lot of great stuff at HawkeyeNation.com, so check that out. I appreciate you listening. Go Hawks!